0: Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net Praise God, it's so good to be in church. So good to see you all. God is good, isn't he? is very, very good. So we are speaking about making the conversation. We need to make this conversation. And today I'm going to speak about spiritual conversations, making great conversations with one another. So obviously we need to talk to God first. So we don't talk to God. Our conversations with one another won't necessarily be great. They might be fine, but not great. Because Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I was very tempted to preach about that, but I really felt God wanted me to speak about talking to one another. Talk to God first, and we talk to one another. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit. So everything we say, our tongue has creates. it creates fruit. And there's a life or there's death from what we say. This little member is very, very powerful. So we're going to talk about how to have great conversations with each other so that what we say is full of life. It's creating powerful, beautiful things. And I thought a fun way to do it would be just to run through a conversation. But what does a conversation look like for us? So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pick apart most of the elements of most conversations and we're just going to look at what the Bible says about each of those elements. Does that sound like fun? So to begin with, we start with warm greetings. That's how we start a conversation. The Bible's very clear about this. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The Jews considered a kiss to be a sign of friendship. That's why when Judas kissed Jesus, he was pretending friendship, but it was betrayal. And obviously it's a holy kiss, nothing sort of lustful or unpleasant. And it's not a phony kiss, like a Judas kiss, like... But, you know, you don't really like them. It's, it's a genuine greeting. Now, you might say to me, so, Ruth, are you actual, do we have to start kissing? And I'm, see, I've been preparing this message and I've been observing every conversation I've had in the last week. And actually, most Christians do meet with a kiss. They, well, they meet me with a kiss. I don't know. They may not meet you with a kiss, Scott. I don't know. Do they meet you with a kiss? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, but... Except, you. except me. Do I... <laughs> Well, I actually noticed it. I noticed how many people go, hi, just a little, you know, a bit of sideways hug, a sideways hi, a little bit of a peck on the side. That's really loving and it's very biblical. It says it several times. So I'm not going to be dogmatic about whether it has to be a kiss or not. I know some of you men would rather the hand, you know, just move in there with the hand. But I think the point is about a kiss or a hand or a bit of a hug or it's the movement towards each other. That's what's nice about a kiss. I mean, a kiss is very close. It's that sense of coming toward you. It's that sense of, I love you. I'm here and I could just go, yeah, hi, from here, which I know, you know, sometimes you're in the shops, you might have to do that. But when we're getting together, it's coming really, it's like, you know what, we're not just close, we're really close. I really love you. I want to get up nice and close. And there's something beautiful about that—that that we love each other so much that we want to kiss one another. We want to give each other a bit of a hug or a bit of a, a shake, and 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 that's beautiful. And it, it's a sign that we move toward one another. And let's make sure that we always have that affection for one another. That's that's got to be the beginning of a conversation. That I love you, and I want to be with you, and I and I make that effort. I make that. I get up. You know, I might be sitting at the restaurant, but I just say hi. I get up. I go hey. You know, and, and, and you have that sense that someone loves you and welcomes you and it's such a beautiful thing. So let's do that. Let's not be cool. Let's not be sort of... Well, there's nothing worse than reaching out to give someone a, a hug or something sort of, mm, a you go, whoa, you know. <laughs> let's let's both... Re- I think it's got to be two ways with a kiss. Both got to move in. So I love Charlie Tremendous Jones. He was an old character. I don't know if he's still around, but we knew him when he was younger Is he not around. He's gone to be with the Lord. And he used to have the big hug and he would... I remember the first time we, I met him and Chris, we, we went to get his bags. We were, we were the bag people in those days and we went to get his bag from the hotel and he said, hello, Chris Brown, is it? Yes, and he was quite business-like and we thought, fair enough, right, and here's your bag and Chris was business-like and we got near the car and then he just said, just wait a minute and Chris was like, oh, right, right, and he put his bag down and he said, Chris Brown, isn't He said, yes. Come here, Chris Brown. And I just was, I watched this and he just went up to him and just gave him this huge hug. I just went, that is so cute. And Chris was like, whoa, what's going on? You know? And it was beautiful. He was he was it was very warm. And he said that a man spoke to him once, because he did it with everybody. It was his signature hug. And he, a man came up to him once and, and I think wrote him a letter and said, You'll remember me, I'm Charlie. I'm the man you hugged. And he was like, <laughs> you know, he hugged a mighty lot of people. But he said he said it had such an impact on me because I was, I'm 50 years old and I've never been hugged by another man in my life. was like, beautiful. So let's start with that. Let's start with that. a warm, beautiful greeting for one another and love one another. So we begin with warm greetings, then we move on to praise reports and news. So this is just where you start to chit chat about news, what's happening, how are you going? Ephesians five nineteen says speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So that's interesting because it seems to move from speaking to praising. So obviously there's a, a praise element there where we actually sing, but there's a speaking element there. So we need to make our conversation spiritual. We need to say it says speaking to one another with psalms. Now what what does that mean? It means something like this, how are you going? I'm great, praise God, he's so good. God has blessed us with this, this is happening and I just thank God for it. That's a little mini psalm, isn't it? It's, it's, It's bringing glory to God for the good things that he is doing. And that needs to be a huge part of our conversation, to just be generally positive and bring praise reports. Look, at any one moment in your life, you probably have a whole bunch of horrible things going on and a whole bunch of good things going on, all right? So you've got to make a decision what you're going to talk about. So it's good to talk about the praise reports. It says that. It says speak with psalms. It says in 1 Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. So we give thanks. We we speak a psalm. We bring glory to God in, in, in just saying this is what's great. I've had to really practice this because I found it quite easy to talk about all the bad things. And God's really taught me that life is full of wonderful things and I need to... Speak in psalms and bless people. So one of my all-time favourite conversations was with Billy Joe Doherty, another great man of God, and he asked us to lunch. He He asked all the pastors in Russia to lunch, and more than once no one turned up except Chris and me, and we were like in awe of this man. We loved him, and he was such a man of God, and he was doing these great crusades. And so the four of us would have lunch. We offered to cancel. We said, oh, you probably want to cancel. Just us little little missionaries, you know. We don't even, we're not even Russian pastors. He said, no, no, let's, let's have lunch. Oh, I mean, you can have such an impact on someone with a great conversation. This is what you've got to understand. Oh, there's men like this. I remember that conversation. It blessed me. It, and we can do, this is why I'm talking about this. I mean, what did Jesus do? He healed people, he preached, he walked around, and he just had great conversations, impacting conversations and powerful conversations. This is why I'm going through this, because I want us to have these sorts of conversations. And they say, I remember that conversation I had with with, with Christine Bayez in the shop, that woman. She was a woman of faith. I remember that conversation I had. And this is one of those for me, I remember the conversation. It was, what, 20 years ago? with with Billy Joe and his wife Sharon and it blessed me I remember every detail I remember them telling me the praise report about how they got their building I remember she said she paid they paid a dollar for it they uh, they had a couple of different stories but one of them was that initially they they needed a building and there was no building to be had and there was nothing and they were praying and they were seeking God and then and then she shared how the local the army had a had a building that they didn't want and they wanted to offload it but they for some reason they didn't want to sell it they could, weren't allowed to sell it Oh, i muddling up my stories, am I? (laughs) Well, that kind of goes against what I just said, doesn't it? I do remember Billy Joe got locked out of his building and there was that part of the story as well. Oh, so he was shanked because they were in his church. Sharon told me the story though. Okay, so Sharon told me a story about a building. It wasn't their own church's building. They had another story about their church's building, but there was a couple of stories that she shared. But I remember Sharon told me the story. Anyway, they got given this building because the, the army sold it to them for a dollar. And I always remember thinking, what a great story. But okay, so it was, a, a, you know, you might forget a few details as you get older. <laughs> but that's all right. Yeah. But, you know, still just the fact that, you know, you remember these stories and they impact you, and you forget a few details, but you remember the love and the time and the, and the faith. So have great conversations, tell great news. Let your conversation, the Bible says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you know how to answer everyone, Colossians 4, 6. So let your conversation have grace. Grace means, you know, that word charis, it's favour, it's acceptable, it's beautiful, it's gracious. Let your conversation be full of grace. Don't just dump on people. Don't just pour out all the, ugh, you know, just let that be a sense of grace so that when people leave having talked to you, they're filled with grace. They're like, ah, oh. they've got that, that sense of graciousness and favor and excitement and benefit from talking to you. That's what it means to have your conversation full of grace. So that leads right on to the next point that our words should be noble words. We've, we've. We welcome, we speak great news, but it's tempting to say other words. And Paul says in Ephesians, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Not one corrupt word. It's not easy. Only what is good for important edification, that it will impart grace. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Let all bitterness Wrath, anger, clamour, and evil speaking, and malice be put away. Be kind and tender-hearted. And again, he says there should not be any filthiness, no obscenity, no foolish talk, no coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather giving of thanks. And again, in Romans, it's a lot in the Bible about talking, I'm telling you. He lists, he talks about gossips and slanderers, and he puts, and liars, they're in the same list with murderers. He says, these people aren't going to heaven. Gossips, slanderers, murderers. It's like, wow. That's because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you might think, I I don't murder people. I just destroy their reputation. (laughs) God sees it as the same. So let's be sure that we stop those words coming out and allow our words to be noble and pure. And And it says, seasoned with salt. So salt... Is a preservative, so when that word starts to come, you salt it, and it's like, no, no, that's not nice. That's is that going to build someone up if I speak those words? They're, if they're a bit gossipy or negative or complaining, or there's just so put that salt on and and, and sharpen it up, and don't preserve preserve yourself, <laughs> preserve your tongue, don't let it out. And, of course, if your words are salty, they're also very pleasant. They're also very beautiful. They taste nice. So we want our words to be noble, to be amazing and wonderful. And another conversation I remember that blessed me was when we had Hal Oxley for lunch. Now, let's hope I can get this conversation right. (laughs) Hal Oxley is a really great Australian man of God, beautiful man, and he's just turned 100 and was oh, it 100 or 90? I'm getting on my f- <laughs> He is 100. Okay. I got it right. He's 100. It was on Facebook. Yeah, he preached for us. He preached on the highway of holiness. And he, he came for our place for lunch. And I remember him talking about the army. I remember him talking about war. We might have shared this story with you. You might remember. And we were inspired. You know, he said, "If you ever killed a man? Oh, yes, killed a man. Got to get on with it it's him or you you know just have to do it and I mean we were like oh the kids were like whoa and I remember I even remember I served lasagna for him and I remember saying well this is a big lunch you wouldn't need a big dinner after you've had a lunch like this I was like okay you know I even remember him kind of kind of referring to the fact that if you have a great big lunch you don't need a big dinner and I, I just remember he was such a lovely lovely man and so he was very very forthright he wasn't he was a captain or something in the army so he was Pretty happening guy, so these fabulous conversations, and you just you just get so blessed by them, and they 're noble conversations and they 're full of grace they 're full of grace, so stop that stop those words from coming out just stop stop it i 've shared this story before, and i you know i 'll share it again I, I remember at Bible College, I saw someone song leading and now playing the guitar. We were single at the time, so we were kind of checking out all the guys a little bit, a little bit, babe, not much. And um, this guy came up, and I just remember thinking, oh, no, not my type, no, not, no. And um, and I went to say to the girl, I thought he was actually a bit sort of unappealing. And I remember I was going to say something to the girl next to me about him being unappealing. And I can't remember the word that I was going to use, but it was not flattering. And so she was actually across the aisle, so I reached across and said, and I was going to say, he's a bit – I can't remember the word. Praise the Lord. He's taken away. But I was going to say, he's a bit of a something to her. It wasn't a nice word. And anyway, the Holy Spirit said to me – and I, I must have been, had just enough of God on me that I still had the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, before I said it, he said, that's not a very nice thing to say. And, and I'm like, but I wanted to say it because, you know, I wanted to say it. And it was a good word and it was – I thought it was a true observation. And you just want to say something. You just want to say them. You know, I mean, you just want to. It's like, I want to say it though. I want to. It's the flesh, okay? It's not God. And you have to decide you're going to obey the flesh and let out that ugliness or that gossip or that swear word, or you're going to obey God because you're going to kill yourself and you're going to kill things if you let those words out. And at that time, praise God, I obeyed. I don't always obey because I'm I'm not always perfect in what I say, but that time I obeyed. I was going to say he's the... And instead I went... Because I'm standing with my mouth this far away from her ear, so she was like, and I'm just standing there because I didn't want. I, I was fighting, you know, my flesh. And she's like, "Yes, what?" You know, and I went. I had to quickly think of something else to say because I decided I'm going to obey God. So I went. I changed it to a question. I said, "What do you think? Of, what do you think of him?" I changed it quickly. Just said, "What do you think of him?" And she goes like this. She goes, "He's okay." And I went, oh. "She. She was keen on him." I I was like. You, you like him? She goes, Oh, maybe. And I was like, Oh, I mean, Oh, cute, fun. You know, and I went back to my seat and I was like, Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Like, you fully rescued me. Anyway, she ended up marrying the guy. I hope she doesn't hear the tape. She married him. She married him. Not only did I go to the wedding, I was a bridesmaid. And I know I wouldn't have been a bridesmaid if I'd have said what I originally planned to say. And I just remember walking up that hall going, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you. I didn't say it. You know, I mean, she she would never have forgotten that, ever. She probably would have told him it would have been the end of the relationship. So listen to the Holy Spirit and don't let those words out because it's not good when you do. So noble words, questions and answers. Let's open your heart, Paul said. Open your heart to me. Don't shut your heart up. Be real, be authentic. Ask questions and share what's really going on. It, you, you don't want to see the outside of someone's heart. It's, it's not interesting. You want to see the inside of someone's heart. So be authentic. Be humble. Share what you're going through. You know, someone says, how are you? I mean, you don't dump on them. We've already said we share praise reports. But it's also good to, to just share your heart. And be interested in other people. Ask questions. Do you, do you ask people questions? Not just how you're going, but tell me about your holiday. What, what are you interested in? What, what's happening? I love to ask people what they're reading in the Bible, but I, I don't know if it's a great thing because I had someone say to me once, I'm seeing Ruth, I better read the Bible because she's going to ask me. And <laughs> It sort of became a bit of a, uh. But the Bible says be quick to listen and slow to speak. A great way to listen is just to ask questions and, and let, you know, let the conversation flow and open it up a bit. Can I have that ball? So so let's just say you've got a ball. What you do is you ask someone a question. So you just lob it at them and you say, for example, what, what are you doing, Luke? How are you? What's happening? What did you do today? What was your favourite thing today? And you just let him have the ball for a while. But what he's got to do eventually... Is give it back to me. I'd catch mate. But, um, so some people, you know, you give them the ball and they just keep throwing the ball up and they just keep going and they keep going and they keep going. And I'm listening, but it's like, yeah, gotta give me the ball, you know? I gotta have a turn here. You know, those people, they're kind of like, they just keep talking and talking and talking. And that's not, that's not, that's not a conversation. You gotta throw the ball back. So if that's you, be sure that you throw the ball back sometimes and ask a question back again. And what about you? How's your holiday? Or how are you going? Or do you read the Bible, Ruth? <laughs> you know. So you've got to give it back again. So be sure that you do that. Have a comment. Anyone else want me to lob the ball at them? <laughs> <laughs> now I won't throw the ball because I can't guarantee. Can't guarantee anything won't happen, but. Be sure to ask questions, but be sure to let the conversation go both ways. If you've been telling a nice long story, that's great. Now let the other person tell a nice long story. But I mean, if they don't want to share, that's, that's okay. We're not going to force anyone, but just be the give and take. So Jesus asked a lot of questions on the road to Emmaus. He said to the two guys who didn't recognize him, what are you talking about and why do you look so sad? That's a good question. He said to the Samaritan woman, could you give me a drink? Could you give me... He just opened up. Can I have a drink, please? English, say please. He didn't. It's not in the Aramaic, but I'm sure he was polite. He said to the disciples, who do men say that I am? I don't think he really cared what people thought. He's just asking a question to get them to think and to get the conversation going. And who do you say that I am? So let's just be interested. I might just get rid of that so I don't... Let's throw the ball. All right, another so <laughs> Now, the next thing that we might do—questions and answers and listening—is to share plan to make plans. This is part of conversation, isn't it? We we get together and we make plans. And again, the Bible has a great scripture for this: Philippians four five. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, that word gentleness—it means a yieldedness or a reasonableness. So when we're planning and organizing something together, be reasonable. Be gentle. Be, listen, go, oh, you know, you have an idea, and then someone else has a different idea, and it's like, we don't start a fight. We go, well, maybe we could, maybe we can do, maybe we can do that, we could do this. Be reasonable. Don't be one of those people who says, no, no, because what we're going to do back, what we're going to do, and we're going to do this, and it's like, okay, we'll do it your way then. That's, that's not gentleness that is Evident to everyone That's like my way or the highway That's not the conversations that God wants It's not pleasant But it's not smart Because if we yield and submit to one another We actually get the best of both positions And we come to another position A higher, a third position Which is better So be gentle and yielded in conversation And submissive and listening And then we have helping and processing So this is where we have issues and we need to talk about them. And that's fine. That, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. The, the, the ear of the wise seeks wisdom. We have to seek wisdom on issues. So, you know, I, I said just we talk praise reports and we talk positive things, but some people never open their heart and never allow themselves to, to process things that are going on. And sometimes we need to talk and say, this is what's going on and it ain't pretty. And that's okay too. That's fine. That's right through the Bible. So while it's important to praise God and be positive, some people sort of, they're sort of almost falsely positive all the time. It's quite irritating. There's a time when you need to say, you know what, I, I'm struggling. And, and at the right time and with the right person, we open our hearts and we process and we look for wisdom. And we, we look for permission to process, permission to have those feelings, permission to say, look, I'm, I feel terrible, and it's okay. So share those thoughts and, and if we need to be negative, we can be negative. I used to have this I used to feel frightened of being negative about anything. But then I read the Bible and I thought, mate, these whole books of the Bible are rather negative, you know? They're not they're not all positive. And, you know, we just have to sort of find the right position and place in that. And one of the things the Lord shared with me about sharing negative stuff is obviously the right person and the right place so that it's not just sort of a gossip session or a complaining session, because the Bible says not to complain. But if I find the right person, he said, just get to the end of the psalm. I, I specifically said, is it right to be negative about this and the Lord? I really felt him say, yeah, just get to the end of the psalm. And it was like some of those psalms are like, oh, God, no one loves me. And I and I feel down and, and, God, and he's crying out to God. And he pours out all the negative stuff, which, of course, best person to do it to is God. But at the end of the psalm, he says, Yet I will praise the Lord. I will rejoice in the, my, the God of my Maker. And so when we are processing things with someone, we go to someone wise who can get us to that place. This is what the word says. Let's believe God. Let's pray. So you get to the end of the psalm. You get to a, a position in, in processing our issues where we're in faith, we're in the word, and we know where we're moving forward. But if we just share negative stuff or difficult stuff, and we just keep going down, 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 and we just oh, both go away from that conversation feeling depressed, let's not do that. Let's process and be wise and beautiful and share wisdom with one another. So helping and processing. Courageous correction. Here's another one. This is fun. So we have to be willing to convince, rebuke, correct one another. The Bible's very, very clear about that as well. It says that we we should not be influenced when people try to trick us, but we speak the truth in love. And in that way, we grow to become a mature body. So there is truth. That needs to be spoken I heard a fantastic story about this From a friend I'm, I'm doing scripture teaching this year And I, I met up with a friend Who has who did it last year And she was in a particular class And in this class And I've had the same thing happen While she's teaching the class The teacher has an aide and A teacher's assistant And they're just having like a little mini meeting Right at the front of the class And just talking right through her class so it happened once, and then it happened a couple of times. And she was like, "Because it's very distracting. Because once they're talking, then all the kids want to talk." And she's got a she's got a British accent, this girl. And she said to me, "She said, you know, Ruth, I just thought that is so rude." And so I was teaching on love, and she said, and I got up there and I said, "You know, love is not rude, boys and girls. Love is not rude. Love does not talk while someone else is talking because that would be rude, wouldn't it?" And I said. You said that right in front of the class. She says, "Yes, I did." I said, "What happened?" She said, "The whole class. There was stunned silence in the whole class, and the teacher and the aide were both very quiet as well." And so I was just like, "I said, you're a legend. I can't believe it. You, you rebuked the teacher right then." She goes, "I did. It was very rude. I was very annoyed with him." And she, she and she said they were they were just, they just looked up and went and she because she just said love is not rude. I was like, I was, I was so impressed. I just thought, wow, girl, you go. So, I mean, that's courageous, isn't it? She just gave it to him. She was preaching to the class. She just gave it to him, and I was like, "You're awesome!" And they and they were completely quiet after that. And everyone was just like, "Wow!" And um and then she told me she's brave as a lion, this girl. Then she said that she found out that this particular teacher had once been in seminary, so he was he was kind of known to be a bit difficult with some of the scripture teachers. And she said, and then she told me that she had a word for him. And at the end of the year, she just couldn't resist when she came up. She gave him a present to thank him for. I don't know what. She gave him a present to say thank you for being in the class. And then she said she had a word for him. And she said, you know, I've got a word for you from God. You, God. You're hiding from God like Gideon. He wants to get you. Know, she said he was just like, <laughs> you know, gave him a word, gave him a prophecy. So I just love that. So, you know, there's a there's a real, you know, the Bible talks about being bold. as The righteous are as bold as a lion. So you can see in the whole of the gamut of conversations that we have, there's So many elements that are really quite exciting. You know, you're madly trying to control this and not let that out and be gracious, but then sometimes God wants to be bold and say things that are strong and bold and amazing and and making He will never forget that. Like, he'll never forget that conversation. (laughs) So courageous correction is right. Sometimes it's not always easy, but if your heart is in the right place and we love one another, it's got to be okay and we've got to be able to receive it because... We need it. We all need it sometimes. And so last two just finishing off encourage one another. Tell someone they're amazing. The Bible says encourage one another every day. Encourage say you're fantastic. I love you. Stop. A good one to stop on, isn't it? I should just stop like that. Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be effective? Stop. He who has knowledge spares his words. Don't speak too much. Sometimes the conversation's finished. Just stop. Don't go too often to your neighbour's house; they might get tired of you. You talk too much; you'll, the, the conversation will go wrong. So just—that's enough now. We've, it's all that we've—we've we've said all we need to say. So we stop, and we say, and then last but not least, loving farewells and blessings. So more kisses and cuddles, more greetings. At the end of his letter, Paul said, "Greet." This one greet that one. I looked up that word greet. It means to move together with your arms. It's actually, and that's why some say embrace. It's more more properly probably translated embrace. This one embrace that one. So we've got kisses and hugs, sort of as a bookend to all our conversation, which is love. We love one another. So make the conversation, saints. Let's have amazing conversations this year. Let's make our conversation special. Let's make our conversation significant. And let's make our conversation spiritual. Amen. hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c 3